Hello and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles. This is the Bicycle Hour here on 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. I have a very special guest in the studio with us today, uh, multiple-time Masters World Champion Daniel Casper is here with us. Daniel, how are you doing? I'm good. Jason, pleased to be here. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you here. I know you're just coming off a, a shift working your, your straight job. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to hear that in my voice and my lack of vocabulary. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll make this as easy and painless as possible. <laughs> All right. <I'm... laughs> so uh, as we do every week, we start off a little velodrome news. And the big exciting news is that get the Ghent six-day race starts this week. Uh, I don't know how much you've been, had a chance to pay attention to who's racing. Do you have any, any picks, any people you think might do well? Um, you know, that's a good question. I hadn't, uh, I haven't been paying attention. So, uh, you know, name, Ilio a, name a couple. Is, well, Kais is always, you know, a yeah. favorite. He's the hometown boy, right? Grew yeah. up in Ghent and, you know, his dad's bar is right down the street from the, the Kipka. And, yeah. So, no, he's, he's a good bet. I've, yeah. He's good bet. He's the one that does the little wheelies, right? When he gets yes. excited. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Uh, Yuri Havik, uh, did well. He won the, uh, Ghent six or excuse me, the London six as well. Uh, just this last, uh, what, last month. And, and he's kind of a. He's a, a youngster kind yep. of coming on, right? Yep, yep. And, uh, and so he'll be strong. And I think Dekedla, uh, Kenny Dekedla from, uh, from Belgium is also uh, racing. And I don't know if he's racing uh, with Strodinga or is he riding with his uh, world championship partner? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, I, but I, anyway, I, he's always a big favorite, too, because he's a strong Belgian rider. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll look forward to feeds from that like taking over my life soon <laughs> yeah you can lose a lot of time yeah you can to watch in six days yeah on uh, youtube and yep it's it's a ton of fun but it can be very distracting like yesterday i had no time to spare and i somehow got stuck watching uh the 2016 world madison champs from london oh nice oh that is that race is yeah. unbelievable yeah there's I been can, some great madison racing going on lately and uh, uh holloway is actually Daniel Holloway from the United States has been doing a nice job. Yeah, he and Hegery took a lap and, uh, yeah. at the Milton yeah. World Cup. Yeah, so it's they ended exciting. up third, right? Yep. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. I'd be curious to see how that. I haven't how seen the went. race either, but it sounded like it was a good, well fought, well fought race. Seems like I think I remember I was paying attention, kind of live, yeah. looking at the results, and then I got pulled away. And those they hadn't scored any points early, so it seems like they took a late lap and maybe yeah. got five on the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, to, for nice to get those points, especially early in the World Cup season. Yeah, especially in those Madisons, man. Those things, those things are just rocket races. Yeah. I mean, they they average like 36 miles an hour, and yeah. there's a lot of guys out there. Yeah, that's the thing. Those tracks always look like they're just it's, you're like driving through a mob scene. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, you got to know what you're doing, that's yeah, for, for sure. sure. Well, we've got uh, the Minnesota Cycling Center gal is the other big thing in track news coming up on November 26th at nice. Surly Brewing. Uh, so it'll be a good chance to extend your fun from Thanksgiving uh, weekend. So be sure to check that out. There's a, a Facebook event, uh, and you can learn more at mncyclingcenter.org. Cool. So, uh, Daniel, let's talk a little bit about your uh, world championship efforts this uh, this past uh, fall. Yeah. You uh, you added another medal to the uh, to the collection. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Talk us through a little bit about that uh, uh, that experience. First of all, how many medals does that make in total for you? Golds um, in particular. Okay, let's see. Golds. Uh, that's thirteen, actually. Wow. Yep. Wow. Six. Six. It was my sixth um, individual pursuit. Wow, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, that's certain, incredible. I know there's a model, certain amount of luck in there. I know there is. Well, you know, putting you, you make your own luck too a lot. Right? Maybe. I mean, yeah. all the training. You're kind of legendary for that, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we go. Well, where does this uh, individual pursuit uh, medal stack up relative to the other five? That's a good question. Well, you know, the first time I went was back in 2011. Okay. And I just had turned to 45. Yeah. So I figured I'd be the young guy in yeah. the age group because, you know, it's, they right. go by five years. Yeah. And that year, I had no expectations whatsoever. And I ended up qualifying for the gold final by a tenth of a second over this really great uh, Irish rider. Yeah. And uh, personally, just a really good guy. Yeah. And then we were like another tenth in front of this Japanese former Kieran racer who um, – so anyway, and then the final was as equally equally close. So that was – that kind of stands alone just yeah. as something I didn't expect. Sure. And that was really hard fought kind of yeah. from the get-go. Um, this year, um, I um, 
I had some family things, yeah. issues happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm used to training out in Colorado where my mother and stepfather live. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather had an accident, mm. bike accident, wow. in, a, in a supported ride in Colorado mm. or no, in uh, Oregon. Mm. So he's actually in a nursing home right now wow. with a traumatic brain injury. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That was really not a good thing, obviously. Yeah. And, um, and it was too many head traumas in a row because we had a friend from um, yep. from our track. Jason Goldberg. Jason, yeah, yeah have, a, have a bad accident yeah. just prior to that. Yeah. So in any event, um, my preparation was a little different. So yeah, getting there and feeling feeling good was kind of a, almost a surprise. Yeah. And um, last year I, I squared off against the same Danish rider. Yeah. And really a lovely guy too. And um, I think – that was a more dramatic race. Yeah. Like, I think I had to bring him back on the last lap. <laughs> and this this year, for whatever reason, maybe he wasn't riding quite as well, or maybe mm. I was riding a little better. It yeah. wasn't quite as dramatic. So, but I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, it, still, it was still a sweet thing. Yeah, I can I can only imagine, you know, what it must feel like to be standing on the podium and hear that national anthem play. Yeah, I will just... Yeah, but I think what's most exciting usually for me is when the race is really close. Yeah, and you know the outcome's ambiguous yeah. until the till the end. Yeah, a little drama is. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I like most. Yeah, so I, I want to talk through kind of how a, how you get your mind together for a mm-hmm. two nineteen effort like that. You know, so how important you talked about the drama. How important are those splits and getting information from people in the turns when you're on the bike? Yeah, so. Having somebody calling out your splits every lap for me is yeah. really crucial. Yeah, um, I know other riders who don't want that kind of information. Yeah. They want to go entirely by feel. Yeah, um, I like that reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I'm going by feel more than anything. Yeah. Like if somebody's yelling the split that you wanted, yeah, and yet it's too fast. Yeah. Well, then you got to adjust. Right. Um, but at least you're. At least you're, it's, it's kind of a spur. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's yelling splits at you, it's either kind of confirming that, yeah, I'm where I want to be. Yep. Um, and the other thing is, you know, you're pursuing. So you're sure. pursuing your competitor on the other side of the yep. track. And typically, you know, any effort to kind of figure out where they are at by looking across right, is, 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 compromi- is compromising right. your aerodynamics. Yep. And so yep. the more focused you are, on, you are on your own race, the better. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I usually use splits to kind of indicate to me where I think I am in relationship to my competitor. Because yep. after the qualifier, you usually have a pretty good sense for where they're, they're at. Yep. And, um, and you plan accordingly, too. So, sure. like, you know, your qualifier may be one effort. And yep. then typically in the final, you're going to see, like, um, even a two-second come down. If you've really expended everything to yeah, qualify, to get there. Yep. usually you've got about a two second drop or, or gain or yeah. addition to your time. To your time yep. Um, if Over you the course of the whole, oh, right. So yeah. like if you went two nineteen in the yep. qualifier and you really went deep for yep. it, ideally you pretty, you pretty much, I usually would come back and say, okay, I want to ride two twenty point five or yep. two twenty one. Yep. And I'd plan accordingly yeah. this year for whatever reason, I was able to go faster in the final, Wow, which might have something to do with sometimes when you go, you know, there's a, there's an advantage to, to being like the defending champ because you get to go last. Right. And so you can kind of just ride fast enough to get into the final. Sure. Yep. And so that gives you a little, a little breathing room. And yeah. it, there's a, it's amazing how different it is to ride at like hundred percent versus mm-hmm. ride 95%. Yeah. 95% is very close to the same time you'd ride at a hundred percent, but the physical kind of, um, debilitation that occurs <laughs> and that you can't entirely recover from right. for the evening yeah. final, yep. um, is just much less when you just have that, when you can hold back just mm-hmm. a little bit. Yep. That's got to give you some confidence too going in. If you know that you're able to do it at that 95% level, yes. you still got gas in the tank. Yep. And, and and if you watched your competitor well, right. even though you're getting ready for your race, he's yep. going one before you because you went out square. They never want the the two that squared off the year before going against each other right. in the qualifier. Yep. They want to wait. If they think you're going to qualify first mm-hmm. and second, not necessarily sure. for sure, but they if they think that, yep. they want to set it up that you don't see each other until the yeah. final. Yeah. So if you're, if you're paying attention, mm-hmm. even though you're getting ready for your race yep. and you're watching to see how deep is that guy going, yeah. that, that can often help you. Like last year... I could tell he, this year even too, you could just see how deep he was going. Yeah. So you're like, okay, I think that's where he's yeah. at. 
And um, so what kind of signals are you looking for from him? I mean, when you're watching him on the bike, what do you is it facial expression? Is it how deep he's going? Is like you start seeing him pushing squares? You know? Yeah, I think it, you, the pedal stroke starts yeah. to come apart a little bit. Yeah. And uh, if there's more body movement on the mm-hmm. bike, you can usually usually tell when when somebody is kind of if you're watching them throughout their race. Yeah. And you can compare where they look like that first kilo when they're under control. Yeah. If you see like anything start to unravel in Mm -hmm. terms of form or even facial expression too. Although I can, my, if you go off of my facial expression, you think that I was. (laughs) You've got a pain face all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Pain face. (laughs) There's just no way around it. (laughs) My coach in college used to always yell at me, relax your face. (laughs) That's all you hear that all the time. I finally was like, you know, you got to quit saying that because. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> That's great. So I'm, I'm curious to know, as you think about the splits, you know, and, and mm-hmm. how do you map out your ride? Do you, do you have a split that you're targeting in each lap or do you kind of have like, obviously your first lap is going to be slow because of the start. Your last mm-hmm. lap is probably going to be slower just because you're hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to keep yourself in those intermediate laps? Do you really want to have like that same dialed in number every time? Well, th- I ride better that way. Yeah. Not everybody does. Yeah. Like, and especially for a 2K, because a 2K is kind of the physiological equivalent of like running a, almost an 800 meters. Mm-hmm. It's a little further than that, actually. Yeah. It's, like, it's like you can pretty much take whatever you, time you'd run on the, on the, on the track. And, yeah. and I, I talk that way because that's what I used to do. Right. And you can double it. Yeah. So, like if, so if, it's a, if it's a 3K you're doing for a mm-hmm. pursuit, yep. half that, a 1,500 meters, is yeah. which, which is what I did back when I was in college and mm-hmm. I, that's, those are pretty equivalent efforts. Yep. Um, a 2k is kind of a weird bird cause it's not really quite an 800. Yeah. It's more like a, a kilometer, which people don't really run much. Right. Like you run it indoors sometimes mm-hmm. cause it's on a 200 meter track. Yep. It's five laps. It yep. kind of works out nicely, but it doesn't get run very often. Mm. So, but in any event, it's still a little bit of a race of attrition, yeah. meaning that, and an 800 particularly, particularly is, mm-hmm. so it's about a 215 to 220 effort. And it, if you figure that physiologically, you're probably better off being a little faster mm-hmm. for the cl- first kilometer than the last. You yeah. want a little bit of a tail off. Sure. Different riders are different. Mm-hmm. Riders with more fast twitch maybe want to get on the gear faster. Yep. That first lap differential be- for their start is not as as much as it might be for someone like me, who's more of an enduro. And so they may want to really get on it Mm -hmm. and go fast and then just hold on. Right. And it's a really ugly, (laughs) painful, painful feeling. Yeah. (laughs) And I know for, for me, there's a, there's can be an element of that, but I have to, it has to be really subtle. And if the, and if I go out too fast, I I pay more. So, so, so the answer to your question, usually I target, um, a certain opening split mm-hmm. and a second lap. Okay. Cause I want to, f- and then, and then based on how, what my body's telling me yep. compared to what those splits are, mm-hmm. then I can kind of chart out in my mind, like where do I want to be the rest sure. of the way? Yep. And usually in a 2k too, I'm, I'm most concerned about that. Those first four splits, yep. that first kilo, yep. whatever happens after that, Splits really don't have as much bearing on that. Sure. You're really starting to kind of, you know, f- it's more physiological fight to home. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. At that point, you're kind of doing what your body's allowing. Yeah. And um, but you really, if you do it right, though, it's not like you're sprinting at the end. Yeah. You know, you you shouldn't really see. You should you should see your lap splits kind of balloon a little mm-hmm. bit. Balloons a little extreme, but yeah. They they should you're adding maybe a tenth or two tenth tenths. or two tenths. Yeah. Yep. yep. And. Um, Try to keep your form, even though you've got, you know, a lot of lactate that's building yeah, up. Yeah, I bet. So, but I mean, I don't, that's not a really, so you, a lot of times it's like you want to hear a time. Yep. And you, and based on, and so that opening lap, like, like I heard 22.5 in mm-hmm. the qualifier and that was perfect. And yeah. then 6.4 and that was, I was like, oh, that's good. A 6.4. Yeah. That felt like it. That felt easy. Yeah. Sometimes sixteen point four. Yeah, sixteen point four. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You just want seconds and, and tenths because yep. you don't want too much information. Because right. yep. there's not much time for somebody yelling at you as you speed by in a well, right. aero helmet, which doesn't allow you to really hear anything no. anyway. And fifteen sounds an awful lot like sixteen. Yep. You got yep. It, it, it. The right split collar is is crucial. Yeah. So and I had Tim Mulrooney. He's he's awesome at it. And I've had 
uh, Lindsay Hamilton in the mm-hmm. past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, so anyway, a good split color is everything because yeah. they know how to project their voice mm-hmm. and they know how to be distinct yep. and enunciate. Yeah. Um, so, cause yeah, you can, you can be left wondering sometimes like, <laughs> like what, what was that? that? <laughs> yeah. Was that a, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And, uh, you know, I'm sure thinking too much is a challenge in, in this event. You really want to be dialed into what you're doing, but what, what kind of a conversation are you having with yourself during your ride? Um, yeah, I think I, it's funny. I've had some really like, like two years ago, um, they rang the bell for my competitor, this, uh, French writer early. Yikes. And I thought he was crushing me. Wow. And so I was, there was a lot of negative self-talk that last lap. I was like, oh man, like, you know, this guy, right. I really, you know, yeah. crapped the bed here. And and so, <laughs> but I was like, but at the same time, there's another voice in your head saying you just, you need Do to dig yeah. as much as you possibly can. So, um, but I usually don't have, I usually don't have any, there's usually not enough room in there for negative talk. Yeah. Um, especially in a short race like that. Yeah. You're, it's so, um, you're so focused on just execution yep. and line and trying to stay smooth. Yeah. And um, so, and, and especially on a 250, you know, you're coming into a turn, you know, every, you know, right. eight seconds. Yep. And so there's not a lot of time to kind of, and then in mo- half the race, you're in the turn. Right. Which requires a lot of focus and attention sure. to, you know, keeping that, keeping your, keeping your tires down mm-hmm. low so yeah. you're not riding too far. Right. And, um, so, so it's a lot of mechanical stuff you're thinking through as you're going through the ride, you know, making sure you're hitting that black line, yep. you know, worrying about keeping your pedal stroke smooth, that kind of yep, stuff. Yep. Yep. I mean, almost even like say drifting up a little bit and like dropping your, 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 your center of mass, your body weight, your shoulder into the turn mm-hmm. so that you kind of gain a little acceleration. Cause you know, the track looks like it's, you think it's flat, but it really does have a kind of a, a rise and, yep. and drop to it yep. every lap. Yep. Um, and I also think that, a split calling is also, it's a good distractor. Sure. It's something to, to key on yeah. and keep you focused on execution. Because, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and then I think the main thing I try to do is I just try to maintain like a positive attitude. Like I'm, I'm there because I want to be there. Mm-hmm. Not because, and I'm trying to succeed yep. because that's just more fun. Right. And, and what I, what I've tried to teach myself is not to think in negative terms. Like I got to beat this guy. I can't let this guy win. I can't get this to beat me. I think more in terms of in more positive terms. Sure. So, and so do you have a, like a soundtrack or a mantra that goes on your head to keep the consistency going? I mean, do you have like, you know, well, I, I listen to music before I warm up all the time and I usually finish with a certain song that just kind of, kind of, implants a sense of rhythm in your head. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not like, I know some writers, some time trialists who really do like they, they just run this song in their head. And I'm more, I'm, I'm more focused on just kind of, like I said, the execution and the feel of, of that race, but it, it, partly because it's so short, you don't have to kind of distract yourself for two minutes. I mean, if you do, you're really, in trouble. Like you're, <laughs> you're too much a product of this new, this new age, but, um, sorry, were you saying something? I was yeah, really, at my phone. yeah. Right. So, but, uh, but so I use, I use music to kind of set a tone mm-hmm. and kind of set like mo- both calm and kind of yeah. energize myself. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, my ex-wife taught me a phrase do your best because your awesomeness. Let's just, I just like that nice. one. Yeah. I sometimes will run that. If time trials, like on yeah. road time trials, yeah. I'll just run that in my head sometimes. That's great. If I'm, if I've come into a, you know, a moment of, of despair or, yeah. or self question, you yeah. just run that, run that mantra. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, it's interesting. I've talked to a number of people who are, you know, avid time trialists and they all say a similar kind of thing about the music that it's not necessarily about the energy or the speed of a music. Like they don't want it to be like, get my heart rate going, Mm -hmm. but they almost use it like a metronome. Mm -hmm. It's like, I want that to hit my count so that it's like, you know, pedal stroke for pedal stroke with the music kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm warming up, I'll I'll actually increase 
The RPMs stay kind of similar, yeah. but I'll use I'll start with some mellow songs that mm-hmm. have a fairly slow, you know, kind of um, cadence, yeah. but they'll but they also lend themselves to like you know doubling it up. Yeah. And so you're, there's always a suggestion, at least initially, of of tempo. Mm-hmm. And then as I get closer to the event, then I'll start playing some songs that are more clearly tempo related. Yeah. But I'll, I often like playing s- songs that are kind of more, they have kind of a sense of rotational yeah. tempo to them. Yeah. Some songs are more like that than others. Interesting. So are we going to be giving any, away any trade secrets if we play some of your warm-up music? Oh, no, because my warm-up music changes all the time. <laughs> so, like, this, I think I gave you a few songs yeah. that I, I was using this year. Nice. But there's a lot of songs in the world. Well, let's, uh, this first one is from uh, Wilco. Yeah. Do you want to talk us through why this song uh, fits with your current training regimen? Well, partly it's Wilco, so <laughs> can't go wrong there. And uh, I, I just love this song, If I Ever Was a Child. So, partly it's kind of got some opaque yet intriguing yeah. lyrics. Yeah. I mean, I've never been alone long enough to know if I ever was a child. You got to kind of figure yeah, out what that right. means. So it's kind of distracting. It makes sure. me, it always distracts like, me. So I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what exactly is he saying? Yeah. And so, and there's a lot of ways to read that. But, um, so, but also this is, it's got a kind of a cheery, I mean, it's, it's kind of melancholic in some ways, but I, I find it quite cheery. It just kind of calms me, makes me feel optimistic. Nice. Well, let's let's hear uh, when I was a child. Cool. was Wilco with If I Ever Was a Child. That's one of the songs that is a motivator or in the training routine for our guest today, Daniel Casper, multi-time world champion. Daniel, are you having fun so far? I am. Awesome. 
This is 91.7 FM McAllister College Radio Blast Beats and Bicycles here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Daniel, I want to dig in a little bit on some of the mechanics uh, with you in your your pursuit ride. You made a pretty dramatic change to your position on the bike right before Worlds. Yep. Tell us a little bit about what the changes were and, and what the effects were. Okay, yeah, so I... I'll start with this. It's the first time I've ever had anybody really play with my position in since I started. So when I first started riding, um, Jay Hollywood Henderson set me up and I think he, he just obviously, because you know who he is, he did a good job and I don't really, I didn't really mess with my position much. And then once I started getting into track racing, pursuiting was a little different, you know, a little more power required, a little less aerodynamic attention. You kind of want power over aerodynamics to a certain degree. You know, you want to balance those out. So anyway, I tried to kind of, I I had tried to figure out a position and I was always hearing from people, dude, you got to get your head down, you know, and I, (laughs) that, that's easier said than done, especially as you get older. Right. And, and I think also just morphologically, everybody's different. So, um, but I ended up going to, um, Chris Balzer, fit guru, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I, you couldn't have somebody be more highly recommended by everybody yeah. and their brother and sister in yeah. the area. So I, I figured he would he would definitely be the guy to go to, and he was. Um, but honestly, we were just it was it was in August, so mm-hmm. it was it really wasn't like you said it was fairly close yeah. to the worlds, and so it's not usually a time you want to be playing. I with was your just gonna say position, especially if your position's been the same as it is for yeah. nine years, right? So, um, but he just he did some. Actually, it really is amazing how quickly he was able to assess me. So what he really did is I, I was going with a nice, a really elbows narrow mm-hmm. upper, um, yep. position, yep. trying to get narrow, but that can often kind of flare your shoulders, which mine, I don't think it did. But at yeah. the same time, it, it does kind of close off your breathing. So yeah. the first thing he said to me is like, listen, that narrow elbows do not make you faster. Hmm. You, you, you can actually widen your elbows out as long as you don't go outside the kind of the bounds of your shoulders. Right. Keep that. Then you, you can, you can play with a much more kind of open position and it'll open up your chest. Sure. It'll probably allow you to bring your, your head down a little more readily. Yep. I think under duress or when I'm really going hard, I'm Mm -hmm. still being told my head's still popping up. Yeah. But in any event, he, Chris was able to get my elbows wider hands a little wider. Mm-hmm. And so I think it might've made an aerodynamic um, difference. Yep. And, I, and I don't have any data. I don't use power. I don't, so there's, I don't really have any way of assessing this other than the fact that I, it did seem like I was about a second faster at worlds. Yeah. And, um, and it's hard to assess where that's coming from. I think part of it might've been that I was maybe slightly more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. I also think that that wider position just made me more powerful and more steady on the bike. Yeah, because you've got sort of a wider footprint yep, on did, the bike itself. I just felt right? much, and I've always felt really comfortable on the bike, yeah. like I could really ride a good line, but yep. th- I felt even better. That's so, great. And I think maybe I could breathe better. Yeah. But I th- the thing I'm excited about is I think there's more room for us to play around and actually maybe push the aerodynamic part of it a really? little more. Yep. And so that's that's what I'm looking forward to doing that yeah. with Chris. Well, at some point, you've got to start moving winter. your body forward a little bit to get any further down, don't you think? Well, I can't. So, yeah. like, <clears throat> that is one thing. Like, are like, you at the limit? I am UCI? at the limit. Yeah, so okay. the UCI allows your front of your saddle yep. to be no more than five centimeters behind um, behind your the center of your bottom bracket. Right. Okay. Yep. You can't push it any further forward. Right. And I've got one of those Adamo saddles that's kind of flattened at the front. Yep. And and has two little prongs. You yep. can so you basically put your sits bones right on that. Yeah. And I can stay way out front. Right. Which for me feels better. I yeah. feel better when my hips are open as much mm-hmm. as possible. Yep. And I'm out over the bottom bracket. Yeah. And um and then they also limit how far in front of how far out your um arrow um, handlebars can, can, can go. Can, sure. can go. Yep. And it's, you know, it's only 180, um, millimeters, millimeters right? yeah. or centimeters, Centimeter. sorry, yeah, you're uh, right. in, yeah, yeah, from yeah. your bottom bracket to the, yep. to the end of your extensions. And yep. we had those fully out there too, but wow. we can play around with, again, the angle of your air extensions. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. a little room to play with kind of coming up with the front end and okay. maybe dropping the, sure. the, um, you drop elbows. Your, shoulders, your elbows and your yep. shoulders. Yep. So I don't know. There's just, I think there is room to play around. Yeah. That's so, great. 
Yeah. How much did it affect your your vision? I mean, when you drop your head down, you're changing the angle that you're looking well, at the track. Well, that's right? that's the other thing. I've never really been a fan of compromising that because yeah. I like. I personally feel like I ride better when I can look up track yeah. through the turn. Mm-hmm. I just ride a better line. Yeah. And so this really didn't affect that. That's like, great. Like I think Chris was able to get my, by widening me up, yeah. I was able to kind of drop down into my, kind of my shoulders a little more and still keep my head, same kit, angle head up. Head. Yeah. But I like, like I said, I, the feedback I was getting from some is that when I was really going hard, mm-hmm. my head was starting to come up, come sure. up again. Yep. And that may just be a kind of a, a, a compromise you make yeah. that as you really put pressure on the pedals and your body's under your more body duress, put more power into your legs, maybe your body's lifting that head up. Yeah. But it, the other end of it might be that I just need to develop more discipline. But I, I, I spent all year in various ways trying to kind of capture that position mm-hmm. yeah. in doing strength work yeah. and get myself more comfortable with that kind of, kind yeah. of dropped dropped chin, mm-hmm. you know, kind of jutting jaw, you know, kind of and rotating the head yeah. kind of down and then kind of through yeah. so that your eyes are still up ahead, but the, the head drops out of the equation. But it, I haven't totally, I, I certainly don't have that fully yet my head is still kind of up in the air a little bit did you find yourself thinking about that while you were on the bike no that's the kind of stuff i don't want to even consider yeah that that's 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 too much noise yeah so but i think like i said i think the position chris put me in is 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 more comfortable Mm -hmm. is more powerful yeah allows me better control and and i do think it is potentially a little bit um aerodynamically superior to when it, it feels like that extra stability will give you more confidence, give you more of a platform to push the pedals. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then I th- and I do think like he was forecasting for me. I think my breathing's not compromised. I, yeah. I just uh, that open chest just allows you to move more more air. Yeah. It's amazing how small those movements are, those changes are, and how much of an impact yeah. they have. You know, I mean, you're talking hundreds <clears throat> and tenths of a second. Yeah, well, that's one of the things I liked about this fitting with Chris is that he was really cognizant of the fact that we were kind of pushing up to competition. Yeah. And so he was really judicious about not changing too much. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm also kind of saying that I think that there's more we can do Yeah. because now you have time to do it Mm -hmm. and time to adapt to it. Yep. And so I think he, he did a smart job of kind of doing enough to make a difference, yep. but not too much to kind of leave me with too much adaptation yeah, to, right. to come up with. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, we've talked a lot about your time trialing, uh, mm-hmm. but you also were uh, participating in the uh, mass start races, or at least so yep. started to. Yeah, that's that was the plan. You had a you had a tough uh, tough crash. I did. It's probably the worst crash I've ever had. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it was early in the so so for those of you who didn't see. Uh, the video, and it's not even really that it easy. It doesn't to see show in up the video, there, I don't but, think. Yeah. Um, in the points race, the final, uh, <laughs> yep. which you have won before. No, I've won the scratch, the scratch race a couple before, times. But you've, you've I've been second, second and third. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, so you had a good shot at doing doing well. You'd like in to think so. Race. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, was it second lap? No, it was. Um, no, there had already been one sprint. It was it was like the thirteenth so okay. or fourteenth okay. lap. So talk us through what happened, where you were in the pack, and and yeah. what happened when when that took place. Well, I was tail gunning because uh, my plan was to like let two of the sprints occur, mm-hmm. um, and then I was thinking I would start going for laps. Yep. So you were just gonna tuck in, see who's doing what. Yep. See, and and, and just yeah, I think I'd learned sometimes. I, I learned last year that it was, you know, it's a little bit marked. And so yep. when, when you're marked, the sooner you're, sh- I find the sooner you show your cards, yep. the kind of the more you wear yourself out and the more you just invite kind of a, a variety of other riders to kind of cover your efforts. Sure. And then you're, you can sometimes find yourself off on the kind of back foot when right. somebody else is attacking. Yep. So, and so I was, I was just trying to be a little more conservative mm-hmm. and, um, and just trust that, that, if you waited till, you know, some of the kind of snap is out of some of other right. your other competitors' legs yep. that you can kind of take advantage. But um yeah, I I I I uh I remember exactly how this occurred. We were on the back stretch that it had been a really passive race up to that point. Yeah. 
And that, that is a little frustrating sometimes when you decide you're going to tail gun yep. and then the race is super passive right. and it's up above the blue line. Nobody's wearing themselves nobody's out. Nobody's wearing themselves out. Right. And then, and then there's one sprint yep. and then you kind of float on the back of that. Yep. And, and, and then, and I was like, so I was getting a little, I was feeling like we need to animate this mm-hmm. a little bit. And then two riders kind of came underneath and the field's up above the blue. Yeah. So that's halfway mark. They're right. up at the, on the upper half the of, the, of the track. Of the yep. track. Yep. They came under and I was a little slow to the party. Mm. So like, I, I think I saw them coming under. I knew who they were. I was yeah. thinking that's actually a fairly good twosome to go yeah. with. Yep. Um, just to, just to kind of animate right now. Sure. And, uh, but I made the decision a little late and the field, obviously when two guys come under, um, trying to get away, Everybody's there's going to be down. a response and yeah. there's going to be a drop, Yep. but I still had a lane coming into turn three mm-hmm. and, uh, but I was going, I had a head of steam from the, yeah. re- from the back yep. and, um, and then there was one competitor that just came down so far. He didn't, he didn't mm. check. And I think one of the things, the problem with riding at a track like ours, mm-hmm. where everyone's well, kind of well educated about yep. how to be safe. Right. Um, is that you end up kind of expecting that. Right. And I, you should know better when you go to an international competition because yep. not everybody has that. Same not everybody experience. has that sk- skills. And then there are some countries where it just seems like they must race. They must have a different racing kind of culture mm. or style. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't seem to be as concerned about kind of else. checking over their shoulders. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, so I had a rider just drop down so low, like right almost to the apron that I really, wow. I really couldn't get under him. Wow. And I was going too fast to kind of not hit him. Yep. But usually, you know, on a track, especially an indoor one, you yep. hit and then you slide and right. you, you, you know, you kind of burn, right. you know, yep. your skin, yeah. you, get, you get some like kind of burn marks yeah. and you maybe, right. you know, you disintegrate, to, yeah, you know, disin- disintegrate, disintegrate your, your skin suit. Yep. And in this case, I just, I think I hit him on my bike, turned sideways, probably mm. going like 36 miles an hour, 37. Oof. And I just went sideways and oh. just body slammed into the ground. Oh, So I, I, I think it's kind of a, I'm lucky I didn't break my hip. Wow. I hit my hip hard and my, wow. I hit my shoulder hard too. And wow. then my head. So, so you, you fell down track. Yeah. Let's see. So I was on the, I was basically on the apron when I hit yeah, him okay. and my bike turned. So my rear, my front wheel stayed pointed yep. end of turns three and four. Yep. I was yep. sideways now. Wow. And, uh, and then, and then once my bike came to kind of that, that full kind of yep, sideways. sideways position, yep. Yep. just flipped yep. sideways and oh, slammed me on the ground. Man. Yeah. Wow. I mean, to tell you the honest truth, I don't really remember much of the about 45 minutes to an hour afterward. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so how's your recovery going? Good. It was, um, I ended up not having any kind of headache afterward. No kidding. And then I got, so a neurologist cleared me. She said, you, you can, and I didn't, didn't have any bleeding in my brain, yeah. obviously. Good. And, uh, CT scan showed that, but, um, I ended up driving up to Eugene where my stepfather and my mother were mm-hmm. to help out. And I took like five days really easy. And then I was in Eugene, yeah. which is, I don't know if you've ever been there, no, but uh-uh. it is absolutely, it's, it's an amazing place to ride a That's road bike. That's what I've heard from tons of people. So I couldn't resist. So <laughs> I think I was riding my bike. I just couldn't stop either, yeah. like every day. And, wow. and my hip was doing okay. That's great. Like it was, it was really unhappy yeah. doing other things, but it was fine with riding. Interesting. Yeah. Sometimes you get lucky like that. Yeah, I guess. So anyway, so I didn't, and I'd had five days off, you know, kind of from my yeah, head yep. and I've hadn't had any kind of any, any symptoms, like that's no great. headaches. That's great. I was sleeping a lot, yeah. but you know, that's what happens when you get pile driven into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Body just, your body's just tired. Yeah. 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 Did you have a big hematoma on your hip? Oh man. Really? You should have seen that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's really helped though, is I've gone to a really good massage therapist here and who's moved like I had the craziest glute. It was like, it was, it was a, it was amazing color of purple, and uh, <laughs> and just just the massage was able to kind of move that really, and um, move it into my leg, yeah. and then you know, I don't know what those are, what, what that blood is called once it kind of coagulates yeah, and then know. breaks apart. Yeah, if it's like tannins or something, okay. you know. I, I um, but in any event, 
it, it makes all the muscles it gets into really sore too. Yeah, I bet. So massage therapy has been really helpful. I've been like three times to That's a local great. guy. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I hadn't have to let, miss any, any work. That's great. Didn't break any bones. Yeah. Amazing. I've been in the gym for two weeks now. So wow. Yeah. And it, and it hasn't really gotten in the way of gym work, which That's great. is good because it's gym time. Yeah. How's the bike? Bike's fine. No kidding. Yeah. After yeah. all of that and yeah. the bike is fine. Yeah. Bike's got like a little scratch on the, wow. on the left handlebar. Jeez. Yeah. Boy, you were living right. I guess so. You were clearly living right. Yeah. Wow. That had to be a little bit of a bummer, though, thinking about not being able to defend your team pursuit title. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's I, I love the team pursuit. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite event. And, you know, we'd been gearing up as a team for, yeah. for you know, last few months. We were mm-hmm. pretty excited about it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, just, you know, I was able to call splits, at least. I did something worthwhile. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was the hardest thing. Yeah. Well, and I got to believe that it was a little challenging for the, for the rest of the guys to drop in a new person because you, you kind of been the captain of that team, haven't you? Um, yeah, with Tim, Tim, yeah. Tim Mulrooney and I have kind of been, we've been organizing this team and been on that team mm-hmm. since the, since we started. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the two of us kind mm-hmm. of kind of co-drive it, but, yeah. um, yeah, I think, but I think anytime you lose like somebody you're counting on, right. it kind of, it can kind of undercut your enthusiasm sure, a little especially bit. you don't have a chance to really train and get to know each other's right you know moves and mm-hmm. yep so yeah well i'm sure you're going to be back again uh doing master's worlds yes oh yeah yeah, yeah it's in Ma- it's manchester back in manchester year, which yeah. is I, I like manchester a lot that's, I, I, that's probably the closest thing to a second home for you and the track is uh, to here right yeah the, there and then yeah i've spent a lot of time in colorado yeah. too but um but yeah i think yeah, you after you go in there for six straight years, you 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 know you end up really knowing the staff there, yeah. um, well, and it's yeah, and and I'm really close friends with the the woman whose Airbnb we stay in. Nice. So, yeah, those those are all. Um, it, it'd just be good to get back yeah. there. Plus, plus that track's an amazing track. Yeah. Plus, and they just redid it. So I, I the 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 Brits that were in L.A. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're saying that their times in the team pursuit were a good three seconds faster than wow, they had been when before. with the previous no surface. Kidding. Yeah, boy, that's going to be blazing fast. Yeah, it could well fun. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let's uh, let's drop in another tune. This is another okay. one from your training program. This is the uh, this is from Low. Oh yeah, talk talk us through this song a little bit. Well, part of it is you want to you want to feel kind of like grounded before yep. your race. Yeah, so you got to have a little Minnesota in there, right? And in Low. Is very Minnesota. Not just are they from Minnesota, but they just sound like Minnesota and yeah. particularly Duluth to me. Yeah. Um, and then what part of me is just that's actually this is a good example of a song that's got the rhythms. You know, it's it's a the, mellow, it's mellow, yeah. calming song. Yeah. But it's got some. It's got a real driving underlying force to it. So nice. yeah, All right. I, I love this song. Well, let's uh, let's give a listen. All right.
That was low with What Part of Me. That's one of uh, Daniel Casper's uh, training songs, your warm-up songs uh, that he's been using at World Championships this year. Uh, Daniel's been in studio with us here at 91.7 FM, McAllister College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota, in the bike segment of Blast Beats and Bicycles. I've got a PSA here from McAllister. If you have gently used winter outerwear that you're looking to donate, please bring it to the Center for Religious and Spiritual Life. As the weather begins to turn colder, members of the McAllister community may be in need of some outerwear and could use a coat, hat, or mittens, perhaps. The Center for Religious and Spiritual Life will be collecting these winter wear items throughout the semester and will have them available for McAllister members beginning in the next few weeks. There are bins in the lower-level entry areas of the CRSL to drop gently used coats, hats, gloves, or boots. Please, no clothes. Winter clothes can be brought to the Mac free swap area. If you have any questions, contact us at religiouslife at mcallister.edu. All right, so Daniel, uh, I want to know a little bit more about your legendary training. I had a chance to get a taste of it last year. Oh, that's right. You came to the pain cave. Yeah, and uh, and it killed me. I mean, your warm-up was, was painful. <laughs> <laughs> How did you develop that systematic uh, destruction of your body? Trial and error. Yeah? Yeah, it's all trial and error. It's, it's, it's trying everything, keeping what works. Yeah. Um, and also continuing to try new things, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think there's been a year where I haven't kind of brought in something new, possibly discarded something that, you know, it um, there wasn't room for time-wise anymore. Sure. Yep. Um, but, you know, I will say this. Joe Christian yep. is a trainer in town. And, yeah. And he taught me a lot. I went to him for half of a winter. Um, That's great. Few, quite a few years back, maybe six years back now. Yeah. And he taught me uh, how to do, like, a lot of dynamic strength work with mm-hmm. TRX bands yep. and um that's been kind of the <clears throat> excuse me the um maybe the foundation mm-hmm. of a lot of what i've been doing but yeah. but i've been pulling from all all over the place and, and constantly looking for something that just really grabs you and yeah. kind of and you know you mm-hmm. just know because you've because you've done enough other exercises that that's the one. Yeah. Is it is it strength specifically that you're working on in the off season? Is that your primary yep. goal? It's it, a lot of it's dynamic strength. So I feel like especially as I'm getting older, yep. it's it's the ability to kind of create strength sure rapidly. Yep. So it's a lot of jumping. Yep. Uh you know, weight bearing, yep. um jumping. A lot of getting off the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, explo- those, explosively. Those kind of exercises seem like they would be great for like fast twitch I- I- events, mm-hmm. you know, sprinting and getting off the blocks, that kind of stuff. Yeah. How does that help you with your endurance events that you're, that you seem to, you know, focus your attention yeah, on? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't speak to the physiology as much as I can just tell you <laughs> that when I started doing strength work yeah. and, and also just some, some also just some like really like, like heavy, like deadlifts, yep. some other things. Yeah. I was doing it mm-hmm. precisely to try to get better for something like a 2K, which yep. you start doing when you turn 50. Prior right. to that, it had been a 3K. And sure. so I was anticipating, I got to get snappier, yep. stronger, more powerful. Yep. And it had a, a dramatic impact on how well I was racing on the road, too. No so, kidding. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It was it was night and day. Yeah. Wow. You know, you, uh, so you talked about the pain cave. It's in the basement of the, the firehouse that you, uh, that you work in. Yeah. Whatever firehouse I'm at, <laughs> I usually convince those on my shift and, and more importantly, the other two shifts to allow me to doctor it if it's necessary. Yeah. And, uh, we try to shape it into a place where you can do all sorts of, you know, evil things to yourself. <laughs> That's great. You know, one of the things that I, I am sort of curious about from a men- mental perspective is how you switch gears from a job like a firefighter where it's like almost in t- chaos almost all the time when you're out at a call and how you translate that into the smooth metronomic, you know, just like mental calmness that you have on the bike. Well, I think you're misunderstanding what it's like to be on an emergency scene. Okay. Ideally. Yeah. So I think, I think most people who experience emergencies you know, are experiencing them as an emergency they're involved with. Right. And so, and, and, and it does feel like chaos to them. But the reality is that if you're, once you're trained professionally, the key to doing a good job is the calmness is calmness. Interesting. And so despite whatever the situation might be throwing at you, you're, 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 you're never getting amped up. Yeah. And so like, and that's one of the things you'll notice, like we have some really good, um, battalion chiefs on our department mm-hmm. and their situation can be going to just p- going sideways yeah 
and you will never hear them on the radio as incident command kind of convey that sense yeah. of sense of alarm or right. concern. Yeah. They're, 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 they just kind of, they just keep that calm, even, um, smooth approach. Yeah. So I, to me, they're, that those are, they're complimentary. Yeah. You kind of got to keep your head on a swivel in both situations, but yep. keep your, keep your cool. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And so as you start to think about your training for next year, mm-hmm. what are some of the things you're really going to be focusing on? Um, well, it's, it's like trying to stem age because yeah. I've, it's, it's, I, I, my goal is every year to just get a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I've been able to do that since I started at 36, just yeah. get a little bit faster every year, usually yeah. by training pretty hard. Yeah. And so, um, I think it's just a matter of, uh, so, I mean, I guess, so I'm, I'm just looking for what's that little extra thing that I can do yeah. that'll kind of e- at least maintain where I'm at mm-hmm. or possibly take me a little further. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's all part of the, it's all about the process. Yeah, for sure. I don't do it cause I mean, I like racing, but I really do it just cause I like training. <laughs> so you're, it's a you're sickness. It's a sickness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't believe we've, we've blown through an hour. It felt like we've just been talking. For, yeah. We yeah. didn't even get to the, the really, the, the real motivational songs, but that's okay. Well, you know what, because you have put together a great playlist, uh, I want to, instead of ending as we normally do with, uh, bicycle races, I want to end with your final warm-up song, The Seed. Yeah, you got to listen to that right before it's time. It's go time. All right. You want that firmly in your forefront of your brain. Nice. When you're uh, when you're when you're going to start jump, uh, stomping on the pedals. All right. Well, we're going to stomp on the pedals now. Thanks, Daniel, for being part of Blast Beats and Bicycles. Hey, thank you. Matter of fact.